Welcome to the Grace for the Growth podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Leo. The goal of this podcast is to encourage you on your own growth journey by empowering you to live your life with authenticity, freedom, and confidence. We will get real and raw as we dive into honest conversations about life, faith, business, relationships, dating, healing, and so much more. My goal is that you would walk away from our time together feeling a little less alone, a little less crazy, and a little more brave to be yourself. I hope you will find yourself more compassionate to past you, challenged as present you, and excited for future you. Embrace the story. Welcome the messy of it all. Sit in the unknown. And most importantly, live authentically. So pull up a chair in my virtual living room and let's dive into today's conversation. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to another episode of Grace for the Growth. I am so excited for this solo episode. I feel like it's been a second. Um, Recently, I have been releasing episodes every other week. Um, and so because of that, my soul episodes are fewer and farther between. So I miss it and I miss just chatting with y'all. And I can imagine us sitting in this virtual living room, just having a conversation, talking about it, those kind of things. So friendly reminder, um, it means so much to me to hear what um, stands out to you, what are some thoughts about the episode that you might have. And so I want to encourage you to reach out, to DM, to comment on this. Um, Let me know what stands out with you. Let's continue the conversation. And um, I'm in your corner. I want to chat with you, all of that. So I'm so excited just to have a heart-to-heart a little bit about something that's been um, a prevalent theme over the last few weeks for me. I have found that Sometimes the best um, the best content that I can give you is the stuff that's relevant on my mind and the things that are um, relevant to what I'm going through. So I'm going to attempt to do that today and just and just have an honest conversation with you. So I have been in this season of um, realizing and recognizing that I have had a transactional relationship with the Lord for a really long time. And it's something that I've been made aware of, I don't know, several years ago, but it still comes back every once in a while, making me feel like, oh, if I, um, you know, do this and do this and check these boxes and do well here, then I will be able to, I don't know, reap this benefit, see this benefit, see this provision and my life, um, have this breakthrough, those kind of things. The flip side of that is if I am not seeing results, if I'm not seeing abundance, if I'm not seeing provision, it's probably my fault and I probably need to do something differently. And it's really this like mindset, this narrative that I have to do something in order to earn God's approval and earn God's abundance. Um, in my life. And you can go and listen back. I've talked a lot about living abundantly and are you available for abundance as that's been a continual theme this year for me. Um, but one thing I want to kind of dive into is what happens when we feel like we are veering off the path? What happens when it feels like our life is not optimal, when things could be different? And what blame, what pressure are we putting on ourselves in order to, I don't know, justify what we're going through? 
And, and for me, I've seen this in my life of, oh, like I haven't been consistent in this discipline or I haven't, I could have prayed about this more, or I could have been more consistent in my relationship with the Lord here, or my relationships could have been better here. And so because I did not maximize my relationship with the Lord 10, 15, 20 years ago, I am feeling the ripple effects of that today. Let me explain a different way. You know that like pressure in the world of where people are like, hey, like when it comes to finances and all of those things, you need to really, you should be saving this amount of much money. And if you started saving this amount of money when you were 20 versus waiting until you're 25, like if you were to wait till 25, you would miss out on all of this extra money. Like that's time that you'll never get back. And I think that's kind of how I have viewed um, abundance with the Lord for a really long time. Um, that whatever comparison, whatever lack that I feel today in my life is a direct result of me not optimizing or me not living fully at previous seasons of my life. And so I feel like I'm constantly having to catch up or, um, or I, not really, or, and I feel like presently, this pressure to optimize every opportunity that I can. And if I fail, it's just like a complete wash. And I have now set myself on a ripple effect of not the best that life can be. And so it's just like this really complicated, I hope I'm making sense. Let me know if I am, but I, I, it creates this like complicated transactional relationship with the Lord of if I do everything I'm supposed to do, if I optimize my relationship with the Lord, if I optimize what he's leading me to, if I do all the right things, if I say yes to the right things, if I get everything worked out perfectly, then I'll be on the optimized path. Then I'll be able to live the best life possible. Then I'll be able to live up to the potential that God wrote for me because I have this mindset that God wrote out this, this wild plan for my life. And, um, and if I don't, live that fully, then I'm living short of God's best. So let's unpack that. I know that was a lot. Let's unpack that for a second. And if you relate with me, I want to give you the flip side of it and what I'm learning and some thoughts that I've learned over the last few years that has really helped me in normalizing imperfection and embracing the messy, which is what we're all about here um, in this virtual living room on this podcast. Um, because there's freedom when we embrace our messy. There's freedom when we embrace our story. There's freedom when we get to just live freely as God's kids, not in a transactional relationship, not trying to prove or earn his love or his approval, but just get to live in alignment with what he's asked us to do the, to the best that we can. Um, and it's this concept, and it's not original to me. Um, I first heard it from my one of my friends, Lola, who I'm sure you guys will hear from at some point, um, and then also recently heard my dad spoke about it. But it's this concept that with God, there is no way <laughs> that you could ever be living in anything other than plan A. I probably said that more complicated than necessary. Like you're living in plan A. 
Like you are on time. I've said that before. Like you are on time. You're not behind. You are not in catch up mode. You are not making something like making up for lost time. Like you are on time and this is plan A. Now, before I go any further, I want to acknowledge that life is hard and some of us are facing really painful things and some of us have gone through really difficult tragedies and it's hard to sit here and go, wait, how could this be God's plan? Like how could have this been like plan A? That feels cruel and unkind because how dare I walk through that tragedy? How dare I walk through that abuse? How dare like I walk through that loss? Like how can that be God's plan A? And I recognize the pain there and I hold space for the pain there. And God knows and you and I know we live in a world impacted by sin full of sin, covered in sin that impacts our lives, that there is loss, that there's grief, that there's pain, that there's trauma, all of these things. And it's a bigger conversation, but I do not, I do not believe for one second that God intentionally causes us pain. I don't believe it. Again, another conversation, but I don't believe that God intentionally causes us pain but I do believe that he is there for us for the pain that we experience because we live in a broken and fallen world. So what do I mean when I say this is plan A? How could that be possible? How could we have free will if this was God's plan all along? Try to follow with me. Try to track with me. I'm going to try to make this the most sense possible. God, I believe that God is all-knowing, all-powerful, that he knows you better than you know yourself, that he existed before time began and he's eternal and will exist forever, that he knows your future way before you do, that he knows you better than you know yourself. I don't think we are ever forced to make any sort of decision. I believe that we do have free will to make decisions, to live life, to obey God, to not obey God. I believe that we have free will. And I also believe that God knows the choice we are going to make. So I don't believe that our choices are predestined or our choices are already made for us. I believe that we get to make our choice, but God also not being constrained by time and having all knowledge knows the choice that we are going to make. So it's no surprise to him. It's no surprise when we make choices a certain way, when we make mistakes, when we fall short, when we have to repent, like it's no, it's no surprise there to him because he is beyond time. He, he, that's not a a constraint for him. He's all knowledgeable. And so that's, that's one thing about just like the powerfulness of God that we just can't wrap our human brain around. Um, But here's what I'm saying about plan A. (laughs) If I'm being honest, there have definitely been seasons of my life where I, kind of like what I was talking about earlier, have felt that my reality today, what I'm experiencing today is a result of actions or lack of actions from somewhere in my past. And so my reality today, the pain that I've been through today is punishment is a result of that. Um, we've heard it often say a detour, you know, how many times have you ever heard people be like, this is just a detour in your life. 
let me give the analogy of singleness. There have definitely been seasons of my life where I believed that my singleness is a result of me getting something wrong somewhere. It's a result, like I am single because I made a mistake here and there. I am single because I have not arrived to the place that God wants me to arrive in in my relationship with Him. I am single because I didn't figure out something about my identity that somebody else did. I am single because um, I am lacking um, something in my story. I'm lacking something in my relationship with the Lord. Like my singleness is punishment. My singleness is a result. And I have spent the last two or three years unpacking the fact, and I don't think I ever would have said that out loud, honestly, but I've spent the last few years unpacking the fact that like my singleness is not a detour. My singleness is in a delay. My singleness this season is the plan. Think about it this way. I want you to think about, and we've talked about it on here before, but I want you to think about the character of God. What do you believe about the character of God? When someone starts talking about their life and their circumstances and feeling behind, feeling like, oh, I'm not where I want in my career. I'm not where I'm at with my business. I'm not where I'm at in my relationship, my family. Like I thought things would be different by now. I thought things would be different by now and definitely have cried on this podcast about that. Like I thought things would be different by now. Where, like, just ask yourself the next question. Where is that coming from? Why do you feel that way? And if it is anything in punishment, in shame, anything like that, I really want to challenge you to press in. To press in. You see, specifically when it came to my singleness, I felt for several years that I was behind, that the reason why I didn't meet my forever person at Christian college when I was 20 years old was because I messed up somewhere. I didn't know where. I messed up somewhere or I was lacking some skill set or something that I experienced in my early years was not enough. And so because in my mind, 20-year-old was the default plan to meet your forever person. Here I am a decade later and I am still playing catch up in order to compensate for whatever I lacked. The re- the honesty is, is I have no idea what I lacked. Can you just imagine the bondage that that creates? Can you imagine the neutrality that that puts us in when we're constantly striving for something, we're constantly striving to arrive somewhere, we're constantly striving to get to a place, to a prize, to a status when it doesn't even exist? In my mind, I had this idea that marriage comes in your early 20s, you meet your forever person in your early 20s, and the fact that I have it, I'm on a delay. I'm in a detour, like roadblocked. Like it's just taking a lot longer, Courtney. It's taking a lot longer. And over the last few years, I've just unpacked this thought. What if this was the plan the whole time? What? (laughs) What if this was the plan the whole time? What if this was plan A? What if the plan was to never meet my forever person in college, what if this was always the plan? And at this point, I don't even know if I will get married, but like, what if this was always the plan? What it was, what if this was the timeline 
And and that's hard to wrestle with. Let's talk, let's talk about embracing the messy, okay? Like it's hard to wrestle with because there's so much sadness. And I there's a part of me that gets mad and angry. And and maybe it's not singleness for you. Maybe it's um a dream that you had for kids. Maybe it's something in your career. Maybe it's something in your ministry, influence, something like that. You know, like maybe yours isn't singleness, but I try very hard to talk very practically on here. So I just don't talk around concepts and it gets really confusing. So apply, take out singleness and apply whatever it is for you. Kids, marriage, career, ministry, you name it. Add whatever you thought, finances. Okay. Maybe, maybe I created a plan and I created a timeline that was never intended for me. And so I've spent years chasing a timeline, trying to prove myself worthy of a prize, trying to prove myself worthy of a relationship, of a career, of status, whatever whatever it is, like trying to prove myself worthy when God's like, I'm here for the process and this was always the plan. There's a couple of things that happen when we take a step back and recognize that we're living in plan A. One, you get to rest. That desire to strive, that pressure to strive to be perfect, to get everything right, you get to release that. Because yes, I want to seek after the heart of God and yes, I want to please him and yes, I want to follow in his will, but I can't <laughs> I I can't mess up the plan. And if I truly believe, if I truly believe that he has access to every timeline, to every resource, to every heart, to every promotion to every relationship to every connection if i have if i believe that god is all powerful and i believe he's a good god who loves me who cares more about the things that i care about who cares more about kingdom partnerships who cares more about my calling who cares more apart about what i'm doing for the kingdom he cares more about that than me and he has access to everything Why the heck do we often feel like we are just sitting in less than God's best? Why do we feel like God is holding back on us? I'll tell you why. Shame, guilt, the fear that you're not good enough, that you'll never be good enough that you have to be perfect, that you can't show your emotions, that you can't be real with people, you can't be real with the Lord. And so when we get to sit and realize, oh, this is the plan, like I'm walking in the plan, you get to rest because you don't have to strive. You don't have to fear that you have to play catch up. (laughs) I don't have to sit here and say, oh my gosh, like, Another year, another birthday, another cuffing season, another holiday, 
And here I am still single. I still didn't get the mark. I still am trying to overcome whatever mistake I've made that has kept me from a happy relationship. No. You get to rest. Sometimes we compare ourselves to an idealized version of ourselves and that's where our frustration is. But sometimes we also compare ourselves to someone else's story and someone else's narrative and someone else's plan. Singles specifically, I don't know if I'm the only one like this, but I can't tell you how many times I have seen a engagement post, relationship post, marriage, whatever, and go, gosh, what did they figure out that I can't figure out? What did they arrive to that God blessed them with with a forever partner that I can't figure out? And if that's you, I I want you to know, one, that I, I feel you and I get it. And I just, I don't know exactly what I can say other than you're not a mistake. This isn't a detour. You don't have to run to try to play catch up. You don't have to compare yourself to an idealized version of yourself. You don't have to compare yourself to that person next to you. You don't have to compare yourself to the person who you're like, oh my gosh, like they found love. I didn't. Am I worse off than them? This, this is plan A. Why do I know it's plan A? Because I believe God doesn't make mistakes. I, if I could sit here and go, Hey, we're all here trying to live authentically, live who God's created us to be. That also means that we are walking in who he's created us to be. We are walking in plan A. Like he didn't make a mistake with this. This isn't a detour. This is it. And again, I know it gets complicated because there's harm and there's pain. But that striving for approval, that striving for the gold star, the striving to get things right so you can move on to the next level. This isn't a video game. This isn't a simulation. You don't arrive and get to move to the next level. For all of y'all who grew up get playing the game of life, you know, you go to career and then you get married and then you have babies. The fact that you're stuck in career mode and you haven't moved on to marriage and family does not mean you're losing the game. You're not losing the game. Your timeline is different. Your game board is different. Your game board looks different than the next person. We're not all playing the same game of life. And yet we, we are acting like we're competing with each other. We're acting like we're all on the same timeline. We all have the same things in front of us. And the reality is it's so different. So the first thing is rest. The second thing is kindness and compassion. When you realize that you are living in plan A, you get to have kindness and compassion for your heart. 
to be tender to your heart, to grieve when you need to grieve, to rest when you need to rest, to be sad when you need to be sad. You get to tend to the parts of your story that need to be tended to. You get to acknowledge the pain, but also understand that you're not being punished. You're not being punished. I have realized that I often slip into self-sabotage when I feel like things aren't going my way slightly. And so I'm like, I don't know why things aren't going my way. Um, Things aren't going my way. I must have done something wrong. I must have just completely messed up this quote unquote, this level, (laughs) you know, I must have completely messed up this stage. And so I just find myself self-sabotaging and just crumbling down and because I feel like I don't deserve good. I feel like I've already messed up this. What's the point? Like all of these things. And I'm just entering into this season of just being kind and compassionate, recognizing and holding space for every emotion that I feel. Recognizing that it's okay to be sad. It's okay to grieve. It's okay to be disappointed. It's okay to be mad. You're growing. You're healing. You're on the path. The next thing is I I get to rest. I get to have kindness and compassion. I also, when I realize I'm walking in plan A, I don't feel like I have to have it all figured out. That's been the biggest relief to me. I used to not ever make moves, not ever make big decisions without so much research, so much evaluation, so much input from other people, not just from the Lord, like just so much, so much data in order to make decisions. And even then I would have a hard time making decisions unless I knew 10 steps down the line. And the Lord's just challenging me and pushing me like, I've got you and this is the plan. And so if the Lord tells me to take step A and then step B and then step C, I don't need to know what step L, M, N is today because he's going to get me there. He's going to lead me there. If I keep being obedient with A, B, C, D, I'm I'm going to keep going to LMNO. (laughs) I don't need to know what those steps are today. And I just spent a lot of time just staying neutral and stagnant because I don't know what the future holds and I don't know what it looks like and I don't know what it's going to cost me. And I, I don't know if that's step I want to take. And the Lord's like, will you just trust me with this one step? Will you just trust me with this one phase? Oh, but what if this step is going to put me behind? What if I make this decision to, I don't know, focus on, focus on job stuff and focus on ministry stuff right now? Like that's what I'm walking through right now. It's like, what if the Lord is asking me to kind of sit down and put dating kind of in a lower priority right now? Is that going to put me behind? Am I going to get punished? Am I going to be single longer? Well, if I think that singleness, if I think that marriage is the goal and if I think that singleness is a punishment, then continued singleness will always feel like a punishment. Mm. Okay. I'm going to say that again. (laughs) I'm going to say that again. 
If I feel like marriage is the goal and therefore anything less than marriage is a punishment, singles is a punishment, I will continue to feel like singleness is a punishment rather than recognizing that I am in plan A and that I have purpose and that I am walking and the steps that God is leading to me every step of the way is plan A. It is not a detour. Me following God will not be the wrong decision. Me being obedient to God will not be a mess up. But I have to make sure that what's my what's my measuring stick? What is my scale? If I'm scaling marriage and kids and career and ministry and XYZ, if that is the goal, if that is the measuring stick for success, for freedom in life, then yeah, I might feel like I'm failing. But God never said that that was the goal. Obedience to God, community with God, intimacy with the Lord, relationship with the Lord, that is the goal. So can I keep walking towards him? Can I keep walking in alignment with him, knowing that one step is going to lead to the next step, it's going to lead to the next step, it's going to lead to the next step, and that I, as long as I am being obedient and walking in his will, I can't mess up. End, end, end. This just gets really complicated, but try to follow me. If I do mess up, there is grace for that. He knew I was going to mess up. He didn't force me to mess up. He didn't throw pain at me. He didn't force me to do X, Y, and Z. I made it. I made the decision, but he knew I was going to make it. His plan includes grace and love for my shortcomings. The plan for your life is not one of perfection. The plan of your life is not without pain. It accounts. It accounts for the pain. It accounts for the mistakes. It accounts for all of that. It's not like God has this blueprint for your life and you screw it up and he has to rewrite the whole thing. Oh my gosh, Courtney, you messed up here and here and here. Now I got to go back to the drawing board and figure out how I can do this right again. He knew the decision I was going to make. He knew the mistake I was going to make. He knew the mess up I was going to make. And his plan is still good. Quote it. Jeremiah 29, 11. Plans for a hope and a future. Plans, plans, plans. That requires forethought. It says, he, for I know the plans I have for you. He knows them. He knows them and has grace and love for your mistakes and your imperfection. So why am I on this today? One, because I can't shake it and it's come up so much in the last few weeks. And also, it's a good reminder for me and hopefully for you, that you're not a mistake. You don't have to strive to get back in right earnings with God. He'll meet you right where you're at. When Adam and Eve made a mistake, when Adam and Eve fell into sin, God came looking for them to find them. And even though they were full of shame and guilt and wanted to be hidden, 
He met them where they were at. He clothed them to help them through their shame. And there was a redemption plan already in place. You think that God created the world and was completely thrown off by Adam and Eve and went, oh man, now I got to figure this whole thing out. Now I got to like, you know, save you for the world. And now we got to, oh, hey, uh, Jesus, Adam and Eve sinned. So we're going to need to call an audible and like, you're going to have to go, you go down to earth and save humanity. Like you think God just like went back to the drawing board when Adam and Eve sinned? No. No. I know it gets kind of messy in theology and I don't, I could be wrong about all of this. I'm okay to be wrong about all this, but what I do know is the character of God, the character of God that I read about in the word, the character of God that I experience myself and the character of God that I hear from other people. And I don't know, God's just a lot more loving and a lot more full of grace and a lot more powerful than I allow him to be sometimes. Then I see the world make him out to be. I see the world make him out to be this like really controlling, really rule following kind of creature that's illuminating over and, and keeping track of our sins. No. He ran after Adam and Eve and said, whoa, where are you? Why are you hiding from me? Let me clothe you. Also, by the way, there's already a plan in motion to save humanity from the sins that you created. And so while it grieves me that there is sin, I already had a plan. It was already set in motion because this is plan A. It's plan A. So do we have grace for ourselves the way that God has grace for us? Do we have grace for our stories, for our shortcomings, for our mistakes? Or do we try to hide? Do we try to keep God out of our story because we feel like, oh, I haven't arrived yet, or I have to keep fighting, or I have to keep making my way to him? I haven't arrived yet. And God's like, I just want to be with you. I just want to have a relationship with you. So my challenge to you today as I wrap up this thought, these conversations is one, ask yourself in what areas of my life am I hiding or running away from God? Cause I feel like I have fallen short. Are you counting yourself out when God didn't count you out? Are you shunning yourself when God didn't shun you? Are you staying in freeze mode, paralyzed, neutralized? When God said, you can keep going, there's a path out of this. Are you stunted or stopped because you don't see the full picture and so it's hard to take step number one because what if you mess up again? Does living this life 
Is it exhausting because you're striving? Because you're fighting so much to prove that you can arrive, to prove that you've got something. When God just said, I just want you. I just want your heart. Who you are is not a mistake. And the life you're living is not a mistake. I'm not living in some detour. I'm not living in a compensated arrangement because I messed up somewhere in my past. Of course I messed somewhere up in my past. Everyone does. And singles hear me. If you were viewing marriage as a prize and that you'll, you believe that you'll only arrive to marriage until you figure something out or avenge something for your past or prove yourself that you're different some other way or change yourself to do X, Y, Z in order to achieve this goal of marriage. If you're doing that and then also as a result, comparing yourself to other people who have found marriage, comparing yourself, oh, they must have figured this out. They must be perfect. They must be blameless. They must have figured something out that I can't seem to get and therefore that's why they found marriage I don't. You are constantly going to be disappointed because you're constantly going to be striving for something that the plan is just different. Your timeline is different. We are on a different game of life board. Our timelines are different. So keep playing. Keep going. Keep taking one step, one step move at a time. I hope that this conversation challenged you, encouraged you. I hope that you feel like you're not alone. I am right there with you. These conversations, these concepts are concepts I've talked about so much with my circle for the last several weeks, probably months. You're not alone in this thought and I would love to hear from you. I would love to hear what stands out to you. I would love to talk with you about this. And again, I don't have any, I don't have every answer. I, I don't, I don't have it all figured out. I'm right there with you. I'm meeting you here in my messy, but here's what I do know. What I do know is that God is good and that God loves me and God loves you and God has a plan and he works all things together for good. And that doesn't mean that my life was without pain. That does not mean that my life is without sin, but that means there is a solution and there is a path out and there is a path forward. I just have to keep walking and there is no speed limit. There is no minimum speed. There is no maximum speed. There is only the speed that God has asked me to walk and to move. And so, if I need to hold on and grieve something from my past, I am allowed to do that. If I need to run full speed ahead, then I can do that. My only job is to be obedient to what God is asking me to do in the time that he's asking me to do. And if we keep doing that, we get to keep walking in his plan for us. There will be pain. There will be hurt. And I do not believe that the difficult things that have happened to us are from God. (laughs) But I do believe that he knew it would happen, that he knew it would happen 
and that he's not abandoned us for the choices we've made, for the things that have been done to us, for the bitterness, for the things that we need to process, the things we need to grieve, that he's not left us alone. He has surrounded us, not just with his love, but with his word, with people, with resources, with mentors, with therapists, with coaches. There's so many resources that he has given us to help us walk this path that there is a plan, there is a way out. I love you, my friends, and um, I can't wait to chat with you more about this in email and DMs, those kind of things. If you um, need anything, please let me know. I can't wait to hear from you. I hope that this made you feel a little less alone and that you feel encouraged in your walk. Just take one step, friends. Just take one step. And I'll see you next time right here in the virtual living room. Have a great day. Welcome to the Grace for the Growth podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Leo. The goal of this podcast is to encourage you on your own growth journey by empowering you to live your life with authenticity, freedom, and confidence. We will get real and raw as we dive into honest conversations about life, faith, business, relationships, dating, healing, and so much more. My goal is that you would walk away from our time together feeling a little less alone, a little less crazy, and a little more brave to be yourself. I hope you will find yourself more compassionate to past you, challenged as present you, and excited for future you. Embrace the story. Welcome the messy of it all. Sit in the unknown. And most importantly, live authentically. So pull up a chair in my virtual living room and let's dive into today's conversation.